should meet me when I'm downtown. Hello and welcome to the Downtown Dish. I'm your host, Katie Schamberger, and we have a fantastic show lined up for you today. Jenny Vergara has made a career out of covering and supporting Kansas City's restaurant industry, first as the founder of Underground Supper Club, The Test Kitchen, and more recently as the contributing editor of Feast Magazine, Kansas City. Jenny is going to stop by the Downtown Dish this week with an update on how local restaurants are continuing to cope with the pandemic, what she thinks might be ahead this year. Plus, she is going to share with us the meal that she's going to enjoy as soon as restrictions are lifted. Yes, it's a good one. And also, she is going to give us the scoop on how she's celebrating her March birthday. Plus, Jenny will have some advice for all of us on how we can best support local restaurants. And that that might be my favorite part of the conversation. Speaking of supporting local restaurants, we are in the final weeks of our KC Carryout Challenge. So there is still time for you to participate. Remember, all you have to do on Wednesdays, enjoy carryout from a local restaurant and send us a picture of your food at Downtown Dish KC on social media and use hashtag KC Carryout Challenge. That's all you have to do, and you will automatically be entered to win a restaurant gift card. And quick reminder, the KC Carryout Challenge is going to continue through the end of March. So, plus, don't forget this week, St. Patrick's Day falls on a Wednesday. So, maybe some um, Irish-themed takeout or some whiskey or, you know, both. I think both sound good. Hey, before we dive into the show, wanted to share with you a really cool uh, kind of event alert that came across my radar thanks to Instagram, of course, always on the gram. Our friends over at Hotel Kansas City have a new work from home, but not really, package there at the hotel. So this is so cool. You can book this as rooms are available Monday through Thursday through the end of May. And essentially, you pay a day rate, you get a room, you also get morning coffee and a pastry, you get an afternoon cheese plate, and then you get an end-of-day cocktail or glass of wine. So you can work there in your room in the plush comfort of their gorgeous guest rooms. They do have services like an on-site printer if you need anything like that. Then, of course, you could stay for dinner at the town company. And here's something that's really cool. If you decide that you do want to extend your stay into that night, you can add on that time for just $30. So really, really cool opportunity. You could work there at the hotel. Check that out. Um, They've got some tremendous views up on that terrace. You know, you could pop out, take a walk downtown. So if you're feeling like you need a change of scenery in your workday, I think that this might be a good option. So head over to hotelkc.com to get more information on that work from Hotel Kansas City package. And now let's get the dish from Jenny Vergara. 
So there's definitely a lot of people that I look up to in Kansas City, and I am so excited to welcome one of them today to the Downtown Dish. This is a super cool moment. We have Jenny Vergara, founder of the Test Kitchen, and we're, we're going to talk about that because if you haven't gotten in on that, you need to get on in on that. Also, Jenny is contributing editor for Feast Magazine in Kansas City. And I'm pretty sure she knows as much as anyone about the local food scene. Jenny, welcome to the Downtown Dish. Thank you. I'm so excited. I'm just so happy to see anybody these days, you know? <laughs> Remember, I saw you in person. Um, was it last fall? We were on a little adventure um, um, up north of town at Of the Earth yeah. Farm and Distillery. Right. Oh. I remember that. I mean, it's such a beautiful, beautiful location. I didn't realize how far out from town it was going to be when I said yes to that. I mean, I came in late because I thought, oh yeah, it's just, you know, it's, it's near Liberty. Right, you right. Drove and drove and drove, but it was, I mean, it was a beautiful day. I mean, it was a great excuse. It was a perfect day. Everything was planned to the nth degree. It was just a great, a great event, but. It was we were, so good. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think about that. And of course that, that was actually like during pandemic time, but it just felt kind of like a different phase of the pandemic. But Jenny, I'm so glad to have you here with us. Um, I feel like we're in another one of those kind of transitional moments where um, definitely don't want to say that all of the challenges are behind us. Right. I think we're, don't think we're quite there yet. However, I think people are feeling more optimism, um, more hope. What, uh, speak to us as someone who really is just so connected to and dialed into Kansas City's restaurant industry. How, how do you think people are feeling right now? Or is any of that hope kind of trickling over to the actual businesses? Well, I mean, so for, I can only speak really to restaurants. That's kind of my beat, obviously. Yep. Um, but in terms of that, I would tell you this, um, most recent round of funding that just passed this week, obviously that Biden just passed, uh, really hones in and focuses on independent restaurant owners, providing them with some much needed financial boost and oh, help, help to get their doors back open. I mean, a lot of people are closed, not necessarily because they're not coming back, but because they just don't have the money to continue on. Right. Uh, with traffic being so low and people just not able to get out with the pandemic, there's just no reason for them to keep their doors open. So I think this most recent round of funding that just happened with um, President Biden is going to really uh, bolster. I think we're going to basically, I think what the, as the weather gets nicer, mm -hmm. don't we all feel happier now that the weather's getting oh nice? Yeah the winter so if we can get out on a patio i think we're going to see people rushing to come out again now mm -hmm. that the weather's getting nice and i think the restaurateurs are going to be in a position where they know they have some financial help they're able to apply for these additional programs particularly our very vulnerable independently owned restaurants mm -hmm. um so i think this as the weather gets nicer and nicer as we go kind of spring into summer and then um, hopefully with more needles in arms, yep. we're going to be ready for a fantastic kind of summer into fall, I think uh, is what's all going to happen. I feel like, you know, somebody, somebody pointed this out to me weeks ago and it's just struck with me. Um, you know, when you, when you look back in history at like the 1918 
uh, pandemic. And then of course you have the roaring twenties where I was like, oh, people, we're going to be ready to party. I mean, yeah, I mean, I I do think you can draw some correlations. I think it will be interesting. I mean, there's certain things that have happened during the pandemic that are just going to be here to stay. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of them have been wonderful technology pieces that we should definitely discuss kind of while we're here. But, um, you know, I, I do think that it's going to be one of those things, you know, typically in a typical year, you know, pre pandemic, um, the restaurants are really, really quiet until about Valentine's Day. And mm-hmm. then Valentine's Day, a lot of people go out to eat all at once on that day. And that gives uh, most restaurant, particularly independent restaurant owners, a blip in sales that they really need to like push through the winter. Mm-hmm. Um, the staff is thrilled because they get a little money in their pocket to kind of push through. And then they really don't see another bump until maybe Easter or Mother's Day. Okay. So or, you know, St. Patty's Day, Mother's Day, Easter, we kind of get those kind of all right, right there um, in a row. And so we're, we're right there where restaurants should be coming back anyway. Do you know what I mean? Like if yes. this were a normal year, we would be seeing restaurants starting to really like get their patios open, starting to work on those, you know, spring specials, starting to roll out new dishes. Um, so I think, I think we're going to see a lot of that that's going to feel pretty normal as we go into it. Um, and I think as more and more people get um, vaccinated and we're able to kind of get out a little more, mm-hmm. I think that's going to be be really good. But we can't forget that we these restaurants have come out of months and months and months of just like 30% of their total sales. Just right. I mean, there there's no discounting the fact that they're not back to normal and that the right. sales haven't been normal for more than a year. Um, for a lot of these restaurants. So I, I think, you know, even though we're going to open up and it's going to feel normal again, um, people have to remember that you're already talking to an industry that has been so painfully torn apart by this pandemic mm-hmm. um, that they're really going to be looking to make up those sales and trying to kind of push through and have some sort of normal year this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and hopefully we will, right? Fingers oh, crossed. Gosh. Well, let's go back a little bit because. Well, let me ask you, Jenny, so do you remember, and and if you don't, that's okay. I I, I was struggling to answer this question myself. Do you remember last year, the last place that you ate, the last restaurant where you dined in before any sort of restrictions started to come into play? Yes, I do, because it was my birthday. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, it was my birthday. So March 14th. And so that's happy birthday. That's coming up for me. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Yeah. So Blue Stem was celebrating Uh. their anniversary and they were hosting a little, um, I can't remember what it was now, but it was some little special that sounded good. It was like oysters and bubbles or something. And I thought I'd love to go celebrate Blue Stem's anniversary for my birthday with, you know, oysters and bubbles or whatever it was. And we sat on the bar side. Industry was really in the room um, celebrating with Blue Stem with everyone in that room, including myself, very aware that at any moment we were going to end up closing restaurants and that we just weren't going to be able to see normalcy. We didn't know how long. At the time, everybody was saying, I don't know if you remember this, I was interviewing chefs right after the shutdown and they were saying, oh, it's only three weeks. We'll be fine. Like my staff, I've got enough money to pay my staff three weeks. You know, we'll be okay. We'll close our doors three weeks and reopen. So no one at that point had any idea, but I remember there was an extra special toast that kind of went around at the end of the night that night because, you know, we might close. This is a special occasion. And of course, little did I know that would be the last time that I would dine in 
blue stem and now they're gone. So, <sighs> I mean, that's, that just goes, that is really a, a total picture of what we've been dealing with this year. Just kind Absolutely. of coming, coming back to a restaurant industry that's going to look and feel much different. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, I want to, I want to get your thoughts, Jenny, then as the pandemic took hold and, you know, we had that period of the actual, you know, stay at home orders. So we started to see, you know, some additional carry out options start to flourish. Um, but I don't know, just, just look back for me, just kind of on the past year in general, because I know it's, I know it's easy to, to applaud the creativity from the outside, but man, so many of, of these restaurants, so many downtown restaurants getting, you know, getting their arms around carry out so quickly, um, carry out cocktails, you know, seeing these creative approaches like, oh gosh, uh, the Belfry comes to mind where you've got some entree and some some appetizer selection, but then you have that pantry selection, you know, similar with like local pig. I'm sure you can think of so many other examples, but just, I, I'm curious your thoughts again, as someone who is so connected into this industry, you're documenting things as they change and evolve. I mean, what, what, what did you see in the last year? Anything that particularly struck you or that particularly um, inspired you? Yeah, I mean, you can't state it fast enough that anybody who wasn't already doing, you know, who didn't have a shopping cart attached to their website, who right. wasn't already doing, you know, online ordering for food and beverage, which was a significant number of our restaurants, uh, really weren't prepared for that. Those who had money or access to money, meaning investors, mm -hmm. were able to quickly adjust their websites get them online, you know, work with, and a lot of restaurants had a lot of help, like talk became a real, any, any restaurant that was using talk was really able to spin on a dime very quickly because talk very quickly rolled out a brand new shopping cart that people could adjust. So anybody on that platform for their um, retail, uh, you know, registers mm -hmm. were really in a great position to go ahead and pivot to online sales or carry out sales for cocktails or meals. Um, one of the things I think people are going to be surprised about is I think carry out is not going to slow down. Even as we get vaccinated, we have learned the comfort of our own living room. Mm -hmm. And I'll use the example of movie theaters, you know, obviously with the recent announcement that Alamo's closing downtown, right. there was a lot of people kind of who live downtown moaning about that. And myself included, I used to walk to Alamo to go see my movies. Um, but the truth is, I don't know if I'll go in a movie theater after this. There's so few things that I need a movie theater experience now that I've had a year. Um, I bought the biggest TV that Costco could could give me, you know, in my, you yes. know, being privileged enough to be able to upgrade my TV. Right. I now have a pretty decent, you know, in-home viewing. I'm not quite sure I'd want to deal with somebody clearing their throat next to me or, right. you know, slurping through a straw in a cup. I mean, I'm kind of done with that. And I think there are going to be conveniences that we have experienced with the pandemic that will not go away post. Um, and a lot of them will benefit restaurants. Um, they're talking right now about extending the uh, liquor by the drink or, you know, carry out booze, your carry Which out. I, I really hope it goes through. Yeah. The state of Missouri right now is really um, 
particularly independent restaurants are really focused on getting that to stay because it is something that has really saved a lot of businesses during the pandemic. So I think we're going to see that get extended really indefinitely. I think it'll come with some new caveats. If you ever order a bottle and don't finish it, they kind of have this methodology for making it, you know, you can't open it till you get home. I think that kind of packaging is going to be required going forward now that people have more time to go figure it out. So some things will change slightly, but I think we'll see liquor is here to stay. I think outdoor patios, outdoor spaces, outdoor dining is going to be here to stay. Now that we're all hyper aware of what being inside of restaurants, particularly a tiny restaurant with not a lot of ventilation or circulation is going to it's going to trigger kind of some PTSD, I think, for a lot of us. So I think outdoor and spacious and a lot of air moving around is going to be really important to people. I think um, QSR codes for menus. Please don't hand me another menu as long as I live. Like, let me just get it on my phone. Let me pull it up. Let me spend the time with it. Um, You know, I think that convenience is a beautiful thing these days. And something that saves the restaurant tons of, I mean, tons of money. They don't have to spend it. They don't have to update it. They just upload it to the, that means their website and obviously um, everything else is updated all at the same time. Yes. There's a lot of wonderful things that kind of come with that. And, you know, even if you take it to the grocery store level, I think Instacart has created really such a convenience for people to realize that they get a whole hour back out of their day, out of their week, if you will, hour or two, um, just from grocery shopping alone, that I think Mm -hmm. those who are um, privileged enough to be able to pick up, you know, go online and, and order their usual order. Or we've seen a lot of uptick in like CSA. So a lot of farmers, when they weren't able to sell to uh, restaurants, when they closed, Absolutely. they went out and they started it selling direct basically and doing kind of, um, you know, customer supported agriculture boxes or, or, you know, veg boxes that you could buy from your local farmer. And I think that's going to continue. I think we've all really taking a look at what we're eating and how we're eating. So I think we're going to be cooking a lot more. I think people are, there's a lot of people that are tired of cooking at home, but I think for others, it's going to spark. I think there's going to be this, if you think about this, the pandemic has forced us to be in the house a whole bunch, right? Mm -hmm. And I know when things kind of open back up and it starts to feel more normal toward this year, there's going to be a big push to go out. But I think as we go into the holidays, which is really our risk for kind of flu season, um, potentially a COVID variant, you know, I think typical cold and flu seasons are always going to be dangerous for us. I think people are going to feel more comfortable entertaining at home, cooking at home for people, having friends over, a small group of friends over at your house, in your backyard. I think we're going to see a lot more of that kind of continue because people realize how much money they can save. You know, you can tell your best friend, hey, bring your own wine. We'll bring ours too. You know, there's a lot of ways to save money and still entertain that way instead of everyone going out to a restaurant and trying to split the check at the end of the night. So, um, and a lot of people have done improvements on their home. They're proud of their new deck or their patio that they got. They painted their living room finally a shade that they're not embarrassed to have friends. You know, so I think a lot of that will continue for sure. I agree. And I love, you know, something that we've kind of hit on, on the dish periodically. And I think we will continue to, especially, um, you know, for me, I love to cook. Yeah. I think too, that we've seen, um, even more options for yes, how you can bring restaurants into your home or, you know, bring flavors of certain neighborhoods, whether maybe it's, frequenting some of our specialty grocers right um, a little more and you know I, I flash back to um, you know to talking to 
Katrin last year from a fair and, you know, I brought home this beautiful carry out meal and we actually did kind of a, kind of like an unboxing, but you know, of the carry out on camera and talked then about how, cause it was still warm. It was like early fall. So talked about how maybe if you're a gardener and you have, you know, some fresh herbs in your backyard or on your windowsill or whatever, you know, then you can augment uh, you know, these, the, of course they're really perfectly seasoned and prepared anyway, but it just really struck me. Or even if you are doing something, um, like more basic, like maybe you're making like a favorite, um, kind of simple pasta and pasta sauce, you know, um, getting that, you know, getting that great quality bread from a place like Ibis, um, and just kind of like amping up that feel a little bit. And like, t- as you were saying, definitely doesn't need to break the bank, but I hope that people are also seeing restaurants in kind of a broader lens. Yeah. Like you just said, you don't, you, you can get the experience without, there's more than like going in and dining into the restaurant. Of course, that's the core. That's what I miss. I'm sure you miss it. Right. so much i right. miss sitting course. at the bar i cannot wait yeah to pull right. up a chair i don't even know like jenny tell me a couple tell me a couple favorites like as a downtown rest uh resident like and i know it's like hard right we don't want to yeah. pick favorites but like a couple places that you're really excited to to get back to or that that really you've been thinking about lately okay so um there is kind of this thing in the food world right now where people are starting to have their food fantasies about like, what, where are you going to go the day that you feel safe, right? You've got both vaccinations. It's been two weeks. You're ready to go out. You're feeling good. You know, where would you go? And I have to tell you the things that I have found myself missing in the pandemic are really, really simple things like oysters on the half shell. Oysters on the half shell is not something that I would typically buy and bring home and try to shuck myself. Right. There is, it involves a sharp knife. <laughs> it involves a bivalve. I don't have the skills, I don't think, to pry one open, you know, cut it, flip it over, and, right. and eat it. I just, I don't trust myself that much. There's certain things I can do well that I don't think that's going to be I can't well. do it. I can't do so it. I want a dozen fresh oysters on the half shell in season, beautiful, ready to go. And I want a giant, and I mean giant, basket of French fries. I have had more soggy, disappointing, sad French fries that just, you know, they just don't make the trip home. They don't and make there's the not trip much home. you can do about them other than to try to revive them in your little air fryer. That's what I always end up doing. Right. But no, I mean, so like French fries and oysters and a bottle of bubbles on a patio somewhere, anywhere in the city. Like that's kind of been the fantasy meal for me about like when I get back out, that's what I'm going to do. So yes, I, I still contend that that's kind of my fantasy meal. But in terms of like how the types of places that I've been going to, I kind of counseled people to do this because I found myself doing it and it seemed a, a lot of food writers kind of really around the country were recommending it. And that was really about instead of trying to save everyone, because I was very guilty of this, right? I'm going to try to give this person my money and that person an order from all these different places. And what you end up doing is just being a drop in the bucket for a lot of people instead yep. of picking those places that you know you would die if you couldn't go to, right? Those places that have meaning or the anniversaries are celebrated or that have are close to you and that are just such a lifesaver on those nights you just don't want to cook. So I suggested people pick pick like four or five places and just whenever you're going to go out, 
give them your money. Yep. And, and that way you become a, a really dedicated regular, um, you know, the restaurant industry really like everything else really depends on the regulars mm-hmm. and you can be a regular with takeout. I mean, it is possible to, to continue that. So I found myself giving my money to the people I live on the West side. So I found myself going to Los Alamos and mm-hmm. picking up a breakfast to go on the corner, lovely Mexican food. Um, I found myself giving my money to clan fire, which kind of opened in the middle of the pandemic, yes. the Eastern brunchy, lunchy place. And then on Wednesday nights, they do, um, cult of pie pizza. Cause it's uh, chef Brent Gunnels in there had cult of pie that he was kind of doing on the side and he's kind mm-hmm. of combined that. So Wednesday nights, I would get pizza just like clockwork, um, Fox and Pearl just down the hill from me gave them some of my money. Um, you know, there's uh, seven swans crepery, you know, when uh, she, she was kind of open and closed throughout the pandemic, but yep. boy, if she was open, I was there giving her some money, you know, so good. So I, you know, there's a handful of places that I think I kind of picked and choose and, and I did get out beyond that for mm-hmm. sure. But I found myself thinking, I just really want the places around me to survive the, the, yeah. the neighborhood spots that I go to. Um, the, the one thing that became really obvious to me in the pandemic was how few um, truly international ethnic cuisines we have. We just don't have that many like a good Chinese place, a good Indian place. Like, tell me someplace downtown where I can find like I, all my international favorites were kind of missing mm-hmm. um, because I, I did find myself in the pandemic thinking I don't want to get too far from home. I just want to be able to quickly in my sweatpants drive over there, right. run in a and drive out. Right? I, you know, I was trying to avoid third party delivery as much as I possibly mm-hmm. could, mm-hmm. and all of the ethnic restaurants that I found myself craving, none of them happened to be kind of downtown. There was a few that I found downtown, like Bear Me Thai was a lifesaver if oh. I was kind of a Thai food craving. But you know, I, I found this loss of, I thought, oh my gosh, there's a lot of good Korean food and Indian food and Chinese food, but it's all tends to be kind of further South than me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't even want to drive maybe as far as even the plaza to go and get a lot of carry out. You know, I found myself kind of thinking, I just want to stay close to home. So I found that to be a little bit of a, a gaping hole for me in my carry yeah. out, in my big carry out game during the <laughs> pandemic. Well, it's the, I kind of had an opposite perspective being over here in Brookside where, um, uh, Taj Mahal, whoo, I mean, they got us through, uh, they just, they put that process in place, kind of restructured their entryway. Um, you know, they, they got us through, uh, jalapenos, Mexican in Brookside. Um, and to your point about being a carryout regular, I walked in just a couple Fridays ago and, you know, went, went over to the bar to grab my carryout order. And I mean, they were like, Kitty, like, you know, like an old Frank and I'm like, Oh God. And I wanted to stay, but I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to enjoy the carryout. But, um, you know, it's so interesting to me too, about how, the restaurants, so many of them have, you know, we've, we've again talked about this on other shows, but put so much time into what's that carry out presentation going to be yeah. what's our system. Um, how are we going to try to protect that food quality? Maybe if you are, you know, I have brought carry out home to Brookside from downtown. That's been, you know, impeccable, uh, yeah. right out of the, right out of the box. I love, 
um, the, the, the pop-ups that we've seen observation pizza, of course, at the very, very top of my list, um, the ghost kitchens, Jenny, talk to me a little bit. Um, I mean, I feel like this isn't like necessarily a pandemic thing, but I feel like Kansas city has seen more ghost kitchens in the pandemic any kind of thoughts there on that concept as a whole and if that's if you think that that's something that's going to kind of stick with us yeah yeah you know ghost kitchens have been a thing for um oh gosh probably more than five years at this point Not, not necessarily in kansas city in the way that we're starting to see it now but certainly on the coasts uh in the bigger cities it has been a thing but I would tell you right now, the, the place where ghost kitchens are going to kind of save us, I think, is that every restaurant that's getting ready to reopen is trying to figure out what their pandemic pivot looks like if this ever needs to happen again, right? So you have to figure out what is something I can add to my business that, boy, in case of emergency or in case I need to shut my dining room again, or there's another outbreak or a new variant or winter comes and people just start getting sick all over again and we gotta close, what am I gonna pivot to to survive? And Ghost Kitchens is a great way that you can utilize your own space Mm -hmm. and offer a more casual, fun, funky, family-friendly menu. Yep. So if I'm a fancy fine dining restaurant, I know that in good times when things are open, I've got people coming to me and making reservations and I'm serving, you know, caviar on a beautiful potato chip with a little special, you know, tweezer microgreen on top. Right. But if it's a pandemic and people are at home and they're scared and they're looking for comfort, they want a giant cheeseburger. They want a fried chicken sandwich. They want pizza. Right. Right. All those things. And that's where a ghost kitchen can really nail it. I mean, Corvino is a great example of somebody who's like super fine dining. I mean, one of the best restaurants in the city in terms of that, and yet had his uh, ravenous hamburger and cheeseburger place that was, you know, constantly creating the scenario where you could get a great cheeseburger from him anytime you wanted to. So I think that's how most restaurants right now are looking at ghost kitchens, you know, because you don't want to dilute your brand. I think that's a lot of things that the restaurants have really struggled in the pandemic to figure out how can I still be open and still Mm -hmm. offer good food when I know that the food that I am known for is tweezer food or formal fine dining food, right? You know, how is it that I can become something else without diluting the brand that I have so worked so hard to create mm-hmm. and ghost kitchens are a way to do that. I, I love it. Yes. Uh, that burger at ravenous, my gosh. Um, right. I was super happy that they, that they popped over to a uh, parlor. Yes. I thought that was a great fit. Um, yes. I've been missing parlor. I need to, I need to get some carry out over there, but but I, I just want to go back, Jenny, because I, I do love that so much. I just, I want to reiterate that point to everybody about, um, again, you know, it, it feels like things are gradually starting to open up a little bit, but, but we're not quite, we're not quite there yet. So, so yeah, really think about those places that mean a lot to you. Um, I think we can all kind of maybe rattle off our short list. And again, my, my kind of, my, my heart is divided between, um, Brookside and downtown. And I, I, I got to tell you a place that I have to give a shout out to closer to home here that I haven't been to for a little while. My husband and I were going regularly before the pandemic and they've done a great carryout job at Nisi's. Oh, yeah. Uh, Nisi's uh, yeah. best 
I, so many things, but I think maybe people would be surprised. Best pancake I've ever had. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. um, oh, just, yeah. And yeah, the places and I admit, I told Rob the other day, I miss walking in and, and hugging the owner. You know, he, he'd hug me every time we, he would greet us. And there is something really special about being a regular. If you can be a regular someplace, it doesn't mean you have to go every day. I mean, right. even, That's- I don't know, a couple, few times a month maybe, but, oh, and then just, yeah, having that, that rapport, I know to me makes the food just even better. Nisi's will forever in my mind be paired with Charles Feruza. He loved our, our beloved food critic, Charles, yes, Charles. loved Nisi's and was a regular there and it was close to his house. And it was just one of those things that whenever I think of Nisi's, I always think of him, but talk about comfort food. Oh I mean, God. that nails it. What, you know, pancakes and fried chicken, waffles and fried chicken. Like, what, do want? what else do you want? Honey, Perfect. T- t- talking about, talking about special birthday meals. I had the waffles and chicken, chicken and waffles a couple years ago for my birthday breakfast. And I mean, you, you just couldn't start the day better. I'm, I'm curious, Jenny, I know we're kind of in a, you know, we're in, a, we're in an odd spot for your birthday this year, but any plans, anything you want to be eating or drinking? You know, that's a good, that's a good question for my birthday. Uh, I am getting my first COVID vaccination shot Saturday. Yes. So that's the day before my birthday. And so I'm I'm a little hesitant to plan anything too far from home because I just don't know if I'm going to feel a hundred percent or like be ready to rock and roll. Smart. Uh, But I will tell you this, just like a little secret retail thing. So I plan to go to Legacy Skate, which is a brand new roller skate shop. That's opened up. It's over by um, Boulevard's Rec Deck. Okay. And it's, I, I've been inundated on Instagram with videos of all these girls in California with, you know, crop tots and shorty shorts, um, roller skating, roller, you know, rollerblading, roller skating. And I mean, roller skating is a way that many people during the pandemic have found an outlet, right? It's a hobby. Mm -hmm. And as a former child roller skater, (laughs) I would love to get back in touch with that. So I plan to go on my birthday. I'm going to go. The one thing I'm going to do on Sunday for, for a fact is go there. And then I have plans to go ice cream, go get ice cream. Um, I'm kind of an ice cream person. I'm not really a cake person. It is pie day. I should be having pie. It is pie day. Yeah. And normally I would be getting um, a pie somewhere, but this year I've decided that ice cream is going to be what I'm after. So um, I was hoping Betty Ray's was going to be back open, but it sounds like it's going to be Monday. Okay. So I'm probably going to miss it for Sunday. So I was thinking maybe Fairway Creamery or I would find something else that I could, I just, I'm a soft serve girl. So, um, Jenny, I'm, preach like, it, preach the soft I, serve. I love soft serve. So maybe Miami ice on 39th mm. street might be another place to go. So. And yeah. see, that's a whole, like, you know, that's a whole area that I haven't actually really been in, in the pandemic, 39th street. Yeah. Uh, love what a vibrant corridor. It's like, yeah. oh, I'm ready to get back out. I miss talking to people. And I know you can relate yeah. since you, you cover the food industry, but like, man, I'm, I'm really missing those random conversations, um, bumping into people, catching up with people. Um, I stopped in at Spokes last weekend, had a delightful brunch outside in the sun um, with another a fellow vaccinated friends um, and, and another good friend and caught up with Dan for a while, left with like 
three, you know, downtown dish slash story ideas and just felt like invigorated, Yeah, you know, and then I took a little drive around and, and went through the West bottoms and it was, it was crazy packed because the weather was gorgeous and it was first Friday weekend, but it was just like, I just needed to be out for a little while. I just am missing that part so much. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Winter has felt like a year because it has been a year that we've been trapped in the house. Like if you think about it in a normal year, we would just be trapped in the house during the winter. So this whole year has felt like a winter. And I, so I think, um, the first ray of sunshine, the first decent temps that can get us outside on a bicycle or on a patio or anything. I mean, this last, I'll take this last week's weather any day. I'm going to have rain this weekend, but it's been some, we've had some great weather. I'm, I'm excited. And I love that you said fairway creamery. I got to tell you a quick story. That is one of the first times in recent memory where I saw a post on Instagram and I mean, I made a beeline and I'm trying to think what was the soft serve flavor? Oh my gosh. I'm going to kick myself. I feel like it was banana banana caramel maybe and I got the double dip with the chocolate and the peanut butter oh my god I would love that I would love all of that in fact in fact when I walked into the counter and he's like yeah yeah what what can I get you and I said um the the ice cream cone that I saw on Instagram and as they rang it up I saw on the cash register they rang it up as Instagram special I think maybe it had a tiny bit of a discount, but I was like, kudos to you all speaking about all that marketing and technology, like use that Instagram to bring us in. But I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to need some more soft serve, but Jenny, it's so good to catch up with you. You are such a ray of light and knowledge. I know that our restaurant community appreciates you. I appreciate you so much. Um, I do want to ask before, before we wrap up here, I feel like there's an area that we didn't touch on. How are things with the test kitchen? Um, how is test kitchen going during pandemic and maybe what's ahead? And, and can you give people kind of the, the, uh, the 101 if they have missed the test kitchen buzz, which I mean, we're going to help you out here, but this is cool. This is too cool. Oh, you're so kind. Yeah. You know, test kitchen has really been on hiatus. I just didn't feel like with the pandemic that the chefs needed to worry about doing anything outside of their four walls. Do you know what I mean? Respect. And and it wasn't safe for us to gather in, in numbers as large as test kitchen, which is around 30 people. So for those who don't know, test kitchen is an underground supper club that I've been running for Let's see, this will be my 13th or 14th year. Good, I had no idea. It's been a long time. Um, But if you want to sign up, you can go to www.testkitchenkc.com. And basically you'll be joining my mailing list. And then once a month, I send an email out to everybody and just kind of basically tell them, um, announce where the dinner is going to be, you know, who the chef's going to be, what the menu is, date, time. The only thing you don't get to know is the location. So you're basically putting your name on. And then I have to do a lottery. So many people enter for each of my events. And with only 30 (laughs) seats, I do a a random lottery. Mm -hmm. And then you're basically sent a payment link. You make your payment. And then 24 hours before the event, I will send an email and you'll get to know kind of where you're going to be. And so I did a few events in the fall last year, as we mm-hmm. all had that little glimpse of hope there that maybe things were, our numbers were low enough that I felt like, okay, I'm going to try to do a few things here. Yep. Um, 
but honestly, I, I've been this whole winter, I've been kind of on hiatus quietly, just waiting for things to kind of return. Sure. My first event is going to be on, um, let's see, Sunday, March 21st. And I'm coming back with a cocktail party. I opened up the uh, ticket sales for it yesterday. So anybody who is on my list has an invitation for me and they can just click a link and purchase uh, tickets to come. Um, but I think this year, what's going to be different for me is that a lot of the event spaces that I had been working with um, kind of before the pandemic, mm -hmm. some of them have closed for good. Mm -hmm. Some of them are just still closed because we just aren't gathering in large, you know, we're not hosting large events. Right. So I'm finding myself a little bit at a loss because I need bigger spaces now to space people out and make them feel safe, especially if we're going to be dining inside, I need a larger space. Mm -hmm. So I started this year with the goal of finding like one space that was big enough that I could socially distance people and one space that would be an outdoor space that I could use when the weather was nice. Okay. And um, my outdoor space this year, I'm going to do a farm dinner, uh, kind of a farm series with yes. Chef Craig Howard. He used to have Howard's uh, over there. It was my favorite burger in the city. One of my I favorites. Oh, I just love his burger. But he closed his restaurant, but he has a cute <laughs> urban farm. So mm -hmm. he and I are going to announce in the next couple of months that we're going to be doing a farm series uh, of monthly dinners out on his farm, which is great and I've already started recruiting chefs I have two two to three signed up and I need about two more two or three more so um, I'm looking forward to that and then I have I'm going to be working with the Martin City event space uh, basically kind of Perfect. trying to make that my indoor space here yeah so we'll be kind of in two different parts of the city but I'm, I'm looking forward to it yeah hopefully I mean it won't exactly be a return to normal I'm still going to have to social I've been Test Kitchen is known for a family style table with everybody kind of dining together. Mm -hmm. And I just, I just don't see how that's going to happen at all this year. Um, so I'm still going to social kind of space the tables, give everybody breathing room, uh, make sure everything's six feet apart just until we kind of get through the thick of, of what this is. But uh, yeah, just doing what I can to kind of bring a little, a little life and vitality back into into this club that I really has been my love letter to Kansas city. So oh, and it's so good. So and I feel like to me, if I, if I look at myself and my priorities going forward, that, uh, test kitchen, top of the list, I, I feel like I have not really done too many, if any of like the more kind of special event focused meals, a wine dinner or some type of tasting. Um, and again, now we're seeing incredible pop-ups, my gosh, the, the all, female powerhouse getting ready to gather at Waldo Tai yeah. just gives me chills. But yeah. I feel like that's one area that's lacking in my personal Kansas City food experience is that kind of step up, yeah. um, you know, that kind of nicer, um, uh, kind of more event style meal. And so I'm really excited. Yeah. Well, and I see there's a lot of people that I only see once a year on their birthday or anniversary, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where I do understand, I, I never want Test Kitchen to be so highbrow or high-end that you really can't ever go to, you know what I mean? Right. Like you'd just like, I, there's a lot of uh, events in town, uh, fundraisers in particular that, that kind of cater to that crowd. Mm -hmm. I want to kind of try as much as I can to stay in the middle um, so that it is an, a nice night out for somebody who maybe doesn't dine like that frequently. Um, but for some people, honestly, you know, if you're a food lover, by the time you factor in what you have to tip, um, your, which you should be tipping, of course, Lots. and for yep. your multiple courses, your salad, you know, soup, 
entree and whatever you're drinking, your cocktail and wine, if you add it all up, it's about the same. It's right there. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, thank you, Jenny, and and please come back and see us. I know things are going to be probably changing here fairly quickly again as the weather, um, you know, weather gets better again. Um, needles in the arms really feels like that's starting to really ramp up, which makes me excited. So I hope you have a wonderful birthday. Thank you so much for hanging out with us here on the Downtown Dish. It's always my pleasure. Thank you so much, Jenny, for stopping by the Downtown Dish. It is always a delight to hear from you, to catch up, to hear your informed perspective. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to give you a little homework assignment. Take Jenny's advice and make a quick list of maybe three to five local restaurants that you cannot live without. So again, that's, we all want to support as many businesses as possible, but sometimes it's a little more feasible to kind of drill down, identify our favorites, and then really throw whatever money and support we can behind those businesses. If you want a little extra credit, share your picks over with us on social media at Downtown Dish KC. I am definitely thinking of my own list, so I I will be sharing that too. Uh, And then, of course, once you have that list made, go out and spend some money at those places if you can. And, you know, just a suggestion, this week's KC Carryout Challenge is a great place to start. Get some carryout food from one of your favorite spots and know that you are doing your part to keep our local restaurant community thriving. So here's the deal. We have got a heck of a chat lined up for you next week. The one, the only Hartzell Gray is going to join us and give us the scoop on his neighborhood, the West Bottoms. So he moved to the area from Lee Summit last summer right smack dab in the middle of the pandemic, but he has still been able to kind of go out and explore the neighborhood. He's going to dish on uh, some of his favorite businesses, both there in the West Bottoms neighborhood and throughout downtown. And he has some big, big news. If you happen to follow him on Twitter, he's been teasing it for a while. And I know people are very interested to find out what he's up to because he is always up to something cool. So we are going to give you just a little bit of a sneak peek on the downtown dish next week with Hartzell Gray. And we are so excited. Don't forget that you can get the downtown dish now anywhere you enjoy your podcasts. Plus we are now part of the pitch podcast network. So glad to be there with a number of other local shows, including Hartzell's show, the Casey Morning Show, that he hosts with his better half, Kitty. Big thanks this week and every week to our founding partners for helping to make the dish happen at the Downtown Council, Casey Streetcar, Kansas City Downtown Neighborhood Association, and Lynchpin Ideas. Thank you again so much for joining us on the Downtown Dish. I am your host, Katie Schamberger, and I can't wait to dish again with you next week. See you soon.